you ever had a moment, a second in time that you know without a shadow of a doubt was an experience with Jesus? A time that you just hold so tightly to when the storms get heavy or the dark shadows of life try to bear down on this present light that you've experienced. Maybe you experienced him in the midst of the dark and that's what makes him all the more tangible. Well, today's podcast guest, Amy Clutinati, yes, that is a mouthful, but I nailed it. Amy Clutinati from Your Path, His Way. She's a podcaster. She's a writer. She's a wife. She's an evangelizer. She is a pastor in her own right, and I was so amazed to hear her storyline, the depths of things and places that I have mildly traveled, (laughs) but not to the same extent, and yet God showed up for her in the midst of a dream, and she goes into the details of this dream, and through the details of this dream, I'm actually living it out with her. I can sense him and his very being and his very nature in the midst of this dream that happened to her over a decade ago or almost a decade ago at this point. And yet it's still so present in her life. And so I pray wherever this episode finds you, that it just engulfs you, that it embraces you, that it creates hope within you, that he exists in such a grandiose way. And no matter how hard-headed you are, he will show up on your path in his own unique way to pull you back like the prodigal son into the place that you've always been destined to go. And he will use those hardships. He will use those difficult spaces and places and even character traits and use them for good. I hope this blesses you. It blessed me. Have a great day. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says for such a time as this, It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. 
There is no better time than now to get fit. Hello, hello. We are here live for the Fit and Faith podcast, and I am so excited to have Amy here with us today. You guys, it has been an effort to get us here right here in this moment. We have been having all the email glitches that you could possibly imagine, but thank goodness to Instagram, it can be good for some things, to be able to connect with people who just have a like heart, a like mind, a like spirit, and you guys, there's so much more to Amy than just her testimony it's the platform by which God has gifted her through it um, and the way that she serves in and of itself. So I am so excited for whoever's listening. We have a couple of people on live night now to just hear from her heart and hear from a fellow sister who just loves Jesus as much as I think I do, which is pretty awesome to say. Amy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm having a little bit of audio technicalities, by the way, on, on your end. It's sounding a little robotic, but I just wanted to oh, let no. you know. <laughs> oh, no. Well, thank you. Maybe I, you guys, we, we're doing this. This is happening, whether we want to or not. Am I still sound like a robot? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, sound, it was just a little bit, um, yeah, it sounds muffled. a little bit robotic. Like the audio, it's hard to understand. It's going in and out. All but right. If you are live. Technology can be so interesting mm -hmm. when you especially when you have to go live and you have to um <laughs> on your end everything seems fine and whatnot <laughs> if you guys are live and you can comment if i sound like a robot that would be really helpful i see all the live eyeballs so we would love your support in i can this. hear you now okay i'm not gonna Woo! move I'm not going to move. move I'm not moving. <laughs> All right, no you guys, Amy, Amy, tell everyone who you are, where you come from, what's going on. What has God done in your life that's just been so transformational to get you to the place of just wanting to share so deeply? Sure. So um, my name is Amy Clutinati. Really long last name. Married into that one. Um, I'm <laughs> right now living in Nashville, Tennessee, and I love it here. I'm originally from Michigan, small, small town in Michigan called Oxford. And, um, you know, I guess in a nutshell to kind of sum up, um, cause it could go any which way, right. honestly, you know, <laughs> testimonies, it's like, where do you even begin? Um, but for me personally, I kind of grew up in the church a little bit and really fell away. You know, my parents always used to joke with me and say, Amy, you're so stubborn. And that kind of nature that God's given me, it's a good thing when you use it for his kingdom, hmm. but when you don't use it for his kingdom, it's a recipe for destruction. So um, I learned the hard way and I fell away from the Lord for a long time, really rebelled at like the age of 14, young age, and then went from there onto just this downhill slope of bad choices, um, bad relationships, bad addictions, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I liken it to the great story of grace, right? Because when you fall so far away from God, especially like the prodigal story, as you see in the New Testament, when you fall so far away from God and um, you're never too far gone, meaning that he can reach you in that darkness. And when he did, which we can go into that, you know, more when he did reach out, I had such a supernatural experience that I feel like that's the only way God really could get a hold of me because I was so strong willed and stubborn and just wanted my own way. So, um, he got a hold of me in 2011 and I'm so thankful for it. I was about 23, 24 years old and, um, told him from there on out, I am going to follow you for the rest of my life. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care what I'm signing up for. I don't need to see, you know, like those contracts. Yes. I'm like, just give me the bottom line where I have to sign. But I'm in any of it. So good. So that's what I did. And I've been on that journey um, for almost 10 years now. And it has been 
quite the adventure. So amazing. I love the understanding of stubbornness because that is definitely something rooted in my own storyline and yeah. connected from my dad and my dad's family and you know how all that goes. It's all tied totally. back to a root of some sort. Um, but realizing that you literally had to be sleeping for God to like get control of you. So talk to us about that dream, yes. that day that like this dream happened and how there was there like a quick 180 after you experienced that? You know, it was in a sense. So basically to bring you to where I was, because you have to appreciate and understand where I was and why God had to reach out and what that looked like. So at this point, you go to about 2010, end of 2010, going into 2011. I've so far at this point, I'm in a three year relationship with an incredibly abusive man who I just didn't think I deserved anything better. So that's why I stayed in that. And um, leading up to that, you know, I was sexually abused as a child that really messed with my self esteem, my confidence, and my identity. Um, I went into high school, found out I had ADD learning disorder, had a hard time studying, dropped out of high school, became a drug addict, alcoholic. And um, went to jail twice in that about three to four years after I got out of high school or dropped out. Went to jail twice, was going to commit suicide. Now that's that's the story. And that's such a small part of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's Oh, every single up. time. Oh, yeah. Every single situation is a story in and of itself. It is. It yeah. is. And everything led me, though, to this point. And that's mm. why I appreciate all of it. You know, people ask me, if you could go back, Amy, would you change anything, the decisions, the choices, the people you slept with, the drugs you did, would you change any of it? I'm like, honestly, this is going to sound so crazy. No, because I, through all those circumstances have been able to reach people now that I never normally be able to reach. So anyways, full circle, bringing all that now to this dream, went to bed one night. This is a normal night. I was living at my parents' house at the time. And I'd say probably it was about 22, 23 years old. And, um, I went to bed and I had this amazing dream. Now, I was not a dreamer. And keep in mind at this time also as well, I, I wasn't very knowledgeable of the word of God. Mm. I didn't read the Bible. Right. I didn't understand. I knew some things from my past, but that's it. And that's important to say because some of the things in this dream, looking back now that I know the word, it's phenomenal. The things that I saw and the things that I knew in this dream that back then, there's no way. Like, yeah. there's no way. So I had this dream where I was walking through this beautiful desert land and I was with a group of people. And I will say this, when I have these dreams, I've had three dreams in my life of where the Lord has really like come to me and given me something. And, um, I was never somebody who believed in dreams too. Cause there's a lot of people out there who are like, yeah, whatever, that's new age or that's yeah, this yeah. Or that, whatever. But I'm like, don't, don't limit God. Do not do that. So, um, I've had a couple of dreams where the Lord reaches me. And I want to say this, I end up in these dreams. I somehow have this strange full knowledge of everything around me. It is the strangest, but yet most amazing thing. I could look at the wall and tell you how tall it was in, in inches. I could look at the ground. And if there was tile on the ground, I could tell you how many tile was on the ground. It was like this. Wow. Insane knowledge of yeah. like knowing it, wow. was, it was amazing. So in my dream, I knew I was in Jerusalem. I was walking in this beautiful desert area with these people and I knew I was walking, um, in Israel. So I had said to the people I was walking with, I said, where is Jesus? I need to find him. Where is he? And I was very, very urgent. There was an urgency to my ask. And 
They said, he's down there in that building. And I turned around and we were kind of up high. And when I looked down, I could see this small city. Now, looking back, I've come to know now that I see present day Israel and Jerusalem and even Israel and Jerusalem, you know, back what it could have looked like back then. Right. In the stream, I was clearly standing on the Mount of Olives, looking down onto the small city. And back then during Jesus's time, this city would have been very um, small in nature, walled in, right? Because cities back then were walled in. And I could see this big white building in the middle, which we know now to be, uh, would have been David's temple or the temple at the time. So I looked down in this building and they're like, he's in there, but you can't go in there because everybody in that building is sick. And if you go in there, you're going to get sick. Well, with my personality, <laughs> yeah, I'm going. <laughs> oh, I'm like, well, for sure going now. Like, you can't stop me. So I left that group, which was very symbolic in that in that time, because there was a group of people I was running with, including the guy I was dating. And in that dream, the Lord was beginning to show me that you are going to have to come after me, but you're going to have to leave a lot of stuff behind. Mm -hmm. And that represented the people group I was a part of, the relationship I was in, everything basically that became my identity. So I left that group without a second thought, you know, ran down. My dream kind of skips then to me walking into this beautiful building. And the only way I can describe it to you is this building looked like a hospital. It was white, beautiful stone um, clean, very, very clean, very minimal. There wasn't a lot of stuff inside. And I was walking down this long hallway and as I was walking down this long hallway, I looked at these rooms and all of these rooms were empty and they looked like almost like hospital rooms in a way. Well, what's so amazing is of course the rooms are empty because Jesus is in this building and who's going to be sick. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So Who yes, needs so the care when, when the, the great physician's there, right? So, so I'm walking by all these all these rooms, and they're all just empty. And um, I get to this big area, and there's like this big round circle kind of area in the middle. And I look over to the right, and I see an elderly woman, and she's hunched over. And I see Jesus standing there in my dream. Now, I will say this. I did not see his face. Mm-hmm. I did not see his stature in the sense of what he looked like. I believe God keeps that very hidden. Yeah. Do have a dream because I mean, personally, I don't want to see that until I get to heaven. I'll be honest. I do want to see Jesus, but at the same time, I want to wait, (laughs) you know? Yes, um, yes, yes. So I saw his, his outline and I did see his feet and I did see his hands kind of by his side. So he seemed like a taller man, not super tall, but just yeah. a regular stature of a man. Well, this elderly woman was speaking in another language and I couldn't understand what she was saying. However, I knew what she was saying. Once again, just yeah. the full knowledge of what was yeah. going on. And she was crying out to him to be healed. Mm-hmm. And he listened to her whole story. And that's something that really stuck out to me in that dream, because if you ever try to share your story or your life with somebody, or maybe you're going through something really hard and you try to share with them and they kind of just they're like semi-interested, but really they're somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. they're thinking of something else. And you can tell because they don't seem very engaged. Mm -hmm. I've been there. And Mm -hmm. I almost kind of shut down when people do that to me because I'm like, well, they're not very interested. Yeah. But in this dream, he was very interested in what she had to say. And he was very in in tune with her. And he leaned, you could tell he was leaning in very close to her. And she was just crying and pouring her heart out to him. And he waited until she was done. And as soon as she was done, I saw his hand reach out to her and instantly this elderly woman who was, like I said, hunched over, shot straight up. And it was like this light came out from her 
it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And yet at the same time, scary. Like I was, I remember feeling a little bit of fear, not the fear, the demonic fear that's, you know, associated with that darkness, but it was a holy reverential fear. And um, so all of a sudden she kind of pulls away out of this dream and Jesus turns his body and looks straight at me. And once again, I can't see him, but I will tell you, I put my head down instantly because in his presence, it was like this pureness and this holiness and this power. And all I could think about in that moment, in that type of presence was my lack of holiness and my lack of purity and Mm -hmm. all the dirty and ugly things that I was a part of and the things I had done. It was like, it was almost like the screen came up in my mind and I started just seeing all these things that I had done that were wrong. And I knew I'm done. Like Mm -hmm. that was it. I grew up in the church. I knew a little bit. I knew what was right and wrong. I knew I was doing all the wrong and not the right. Right. And in his presence, I knew it. I was, I thought to myself, that's it. It's done. It's over. I could have followed him in my life and I didn't. And now I'm standing right before him and I made the, I made all these big mistakes and I didn't want to like all this just regret, honestly. Yeah. So I went to go verbally say, I'm so sorry. Cause that's all I could think about saying. And I kid you not this, it, it this sounds so silly because if you think about the seriousness and the severity of sin, I want you to understand when I say this, when he responded he, I could see like his outline, his shoulders went like this. It's okay. Mm. That's it. There was no long drawn out speech. There was no like eloquent words. There was no parables that he gave. You know, Jesus is the word. He's already spoken. It's all in the Bible. You want to know what Jesus has to say about you? It's all right there. You want to know what you have to do in life? It's all right there. There's nothing that Jesus could have said in that dream to add to his word. We know that we're not supposed to add to that, right? So for him just to say, okay, that's like you bumping into somebody at a grocery store, right? And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're like, it's okay. I couldn't believe it. But here's the thing. Some people might say that that's blasphemy, you know, because sin's not okay. So why would he say it's okay? What if it's okay because he already died for it? What if it's okay because that's what he's done? It's already been, it's finished. Yeah. You just have to say yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, you know, we like to complicate it. It really is simple as that. Yeah. It's believing that he has died on the cross for you. And so anyways, all I have to say, he says, it's okay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? That's it. And in my dream, he reaches out and touches my head. Uh-huh. And I woke up from this dream, but have you ever heard of sleep paralysis? Yeah. So it's like you're awake, but you're, yep. you can't move. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I felt like I I woke up from this dream, but it was like I had sleep paralysis. I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't move. And I'm laying in bed. Now, this is is the end of the dream, but this is so crazy sounding. I felt like there was something in my room. Mm -hmm. And I had this fear in me. But it was like this holy fear of whatever was in front of me at the edge of my bed was so big and so massive and so large that I was going to get crushed. That's literally what it felt like. Like I was going to get crushed. Like, here's Amy. Yeah. And here's this big God or whoever. And I felt like I was going to get crushed. So in my dream, I am trying to wake up and yell to my parents who are in the next bed. Yeah, to come help. Literally, I'm trying to say, you know, you can hear yourself. Yes. In those moments. I was like, yes. help. <laughs> like, help. I couldn't. All of a sudden, I felt this hand grab my hand. Now, listen, I'm not saying I was fully awake. 
I don't know. Like, this is the part of dream I do not know. But I felt this hand grab my hand and it felt like here's my hand, this little nail in this huge, strong, like every bone in my hand felt like it just turned to mush, but it didn't hurt. It was very strange. But in that moment, I can tell you this, there was this love that filled all of these empty places in my heart, in my body. It was like just rushed through and I had no fear. I had no, I just had peace. I felt loved. I felt complete. And as I was laying there, I heard in my ear, this voice. I only can explain it like this. It sounded like a very low, low voice and yet a regular tone voice of a man. So it was like a regular man talking, but then a lower tone of the voice in a way. And it just echoed. I mean, I thought, I remember thinking in that moment, this must be shaking my house because it was shaking my bones. Like I could feel my body vibrating wow. and it was this loud voice, but the man was speaking in another language and I couldn't understand it. So it's really interesting when you go back to when I first had that dream and I wrote in my notes, I don't know what this was. It sounded like he was speaking in Arabic or some kind of whatnot. You know, I had no idea, but, um, this person spoke, they never took a breath. And that's very interesting to me because they just constant, it was like this constant, um, line of words. No, no, they didn't take a breath to stop the sentence and start. Well, it says in the Bible that his voice is like the voice of many waters. I don't know if you've ever heard that scripture before. Think about water. Yeah. Think about a stream. It doesn't stop. It keeps going and it was beautiful and loud. And anyway, so I woke up from that dream. I was shook up. Like I tried to call anybody I knew who was a Christian, like anybody, because I'm like, (laughs) what just happened? Cause I knew it was something, you know, it's, it wasn't just a dream because it changed something in my heart. I, I grabbed, I actually literally went to a store and grabbed a Bible at a Christian store that was down the road that I knew was there. I bought a Bible and I wanted to know who I, I knew it was Jesus in my dream, but I wanted to know who he was. Like, who is he? I told my boyfriend at the time, he thought I was crazy. <laughs> He's like, you've lost your ever loving mind. You just had a regular dream. And I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, you don't get it. So anyways, um, you know, fast track. I watched, it was probably about three to four months later. I would not give up this relationship. I was so bound in this really, truly I was bound. And I had had a dream and it was very short, but it was just really in that dream, the Lord, it was a picture of Jesus on a wall of all things. Mm. So strange, but the picture came to life and was talking to me Mm. and said, and he was stern. He was not happy with me. Like he, it was loving, but he was stern. And he said, I told you, you have to get rid of this relationship. I told you, you need to let this go. I told you that this person's dragging you into sin. He will destroy you, Amy. He will destroy you. And I woke up from that dream. And about a month later, I went to a young adult group, gave my life to the Lord, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And literally in that moment was like, I'm done. I called him and I said, it's over. He didn't believe me. I said, I don't care. Get used to it. It's done for real. And I literally went on a fast track after the Lord didn't date, didn't go on coffee, didn't do nothing. I, it was literally me shut up in my room with Jesus every single day. So yeah, I love telling, just, you know, talking about it and reminiscing about that story. I'm not saying that you have to have a 
huge moment like that to be saved at all. But what I'm saying is I was so weak and so weak-minded and so weak in stature and just weak in general that I needed something big like that Mm -hmm. because I couldn't just listen to the gospel message like somebody else and just accept it. I needed something so much bigger. Yeah. And that's like the most amazing thing to like realize and recognize two things. One, what you're specifically just saying, knowing that it doesn't have to be and it won't be the same. No interaction with him will be the same because we are uniquely made. And just like me as a mom, I uniquely communicate with each of my children. Right. And there's only two of them. Right. God's ability to uniquely communicate to each of his children is so critical to who we are innately and also calling us to who we are meant to be. So knowing that your stubbornness, like you said, utilizing that for the Lord, he's Mm -hmm. like, yes, I made you this way and we can use this for good and we will use this for good. But it's the shaking moment of I'm I'm going to stand here and knowing that God fear peace, I think is really important because that was a. I had to unpack that a lot. Like, what does fearing God mean? And how do I live in this space of like staying fearful of him, but not fear, like you said, shaking of like a dark being, but more so the fear of all of his greatness. Mm -hmm. And how do you stand in that as a Christian? And then the other thing that I wanted to notate was the fact that our similar stories in the weakness that I was when I met Jesus, like officially met him, I too was introduced to him when I was young. And it wasn't until I was 29, sitting in my own home with my two babies, cribs in the other room, my husband with me. And I call her my fairy godmother because she truly is an angel of the Lord. But where I literally felt Jesus, like take that cast, that shame, that I'm sorry moment that you had and like Mm -hmm. lift my chin to the point that the two people in the room physically said I was a different person. Yeah. Like they're like, you are not the same. You are, you are glowing. Like your, Mm -hmm. your shoulders are risen. You're like everything about your stature is different. Mm -hmm. And I think that that like resonating that, like, it's okay. It's like that moment of knowing that in one instant, he, he already forgave you. And I love looking at it from that perspective that, he knows. He knew. That was why he sent Jesus. Yes. And exactly. yeah, that gives us the freedom to say, okay. And like, mm-hmm. just submit to that. Just submit to the fact that it's already been done, that it's already yes. spoken, that the words are already way, like they reverberating through time, mm-hmm. like the water, like you said. Yes. It never stops. Never. It's con- We are unaware of the continuation of the love of God like we are limited to this, this flesh, this messes everything up. Like we are so unaware of just the level, you know, Paul, I love the apostle Paul talks about the new Testament when I'm so happy he said this because boy, do you go through some times where you need to hear this, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Even before I was saved, even before you were saved, like living in sin, having wrong mindsets, whatever, be basically walking in the flesh. Yeah. You know, there's there's certain denominations and stuff out there that say that God doesn't meet you when you're in your sin and all this stuff. Well, it's like, well, then how is salvation yeah. even possible? Yeah. Because when you look at Jesus, if you ever have a question about God, and I get that a lot from women, they have questions about the Lord. 
I said, well, if you have questions about God, open up the New Testament and read about Jesus Christ because he's God in the flesh. Yeah. Everything, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That should answer everything. So the way that he dealt with sin, the way that he counterattacked um, self-righteousness, the way that he called out things in love, but yet then offered truth, the way that he was bold, like all of those things wrapped up, the justice, everything, the peace, it all is a reflection of God. And that has helped me through the years be able to know him more because that's just the starting point, right? When yes. you have that moment with the Lord, you're yes. in that like really lovey-dovey stage where it's oh, just yeah. like, I got goosebumps every time I heard his name and like all these, it's, and it's wonderful, but you mature and you become stronger in him and you got to go through some stuff. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize when you become a Christian, you are not exempt from really, really, really hard situations. And I'm honestly, as you mature more, you become thankful for that because mm -hmm. it's those moments that cause you to know him more. And you look back and you're like, I would have never known him like I know him now if I didn't go through that. Okay, okay, you know my feelings over commercials, but this is too good of timing to pass up the chance to tell you about this incredible opportunity that I have cultivated with you directly in mind. You, the passionate kingdom entrepreneur. Stop running the race on a treadmill to nowhere. Stop the analysis paralysis and the overwhelm and honestly, the isolation of business building. You know I am all for women supporting women and the concept of community, but this newly developed program takes that concept to an entirely new level. I am giving you an all access pass to my team of experts and strategists in order for you to develop your own business to the fullest extent. I've taken my business with these incredible people from an idea to five figure months in less than two years. And I want to provide you the keys to this freedom and centered joy. This is a coaching program with direct conversations with real people in real time. Ask the confusing hard questions that have you lingering in rabbit holes. Get the direct insight you need to design the dream into a fully operating abundant business. Y'all, listen to this A-team, okay? There is a branding and content strategist, a mindset and financial success coach, a biblical foundations teacher, a marketing funnels and ads expert, and of course, yours truly, your Christian business coach. If you are ready to truly invest in yourself, in your God dream, and the people that God is calling you to, this is the only place to start that gives you a full lens development strategy that you can lean into as a trusted, knowing source on a firm foundation. Y'all, I am uber passionate to see you flourish and illuminated within your purpose. You can enroll now by heading over to the one-on-one -on -one coaching tab at tamraandress.com. Remember, I have the simple version of Tamara, T-A-M-R-A. I don't know if you know that story, but it's from The Price is Right about a week before I was born. So thanks, Mom. <laughs> anyway, book your call and simply email me, coaching at tamaraandrus.com. Either way, I cannot wait to see you activated. And this is going to be an incredible opportunity and a beautiful season to see you design the God dream that God has planted in you since your mother's womb. It's going to be fun, y'all. I can't wait to connect. Let's get started. Right. So it's a blessing. And it's the knowing that like, even in that process of becoming, as I always say this, like that we're always becoming is, yeah. 
if it weren't for those seasons, we can't even testify in the same way of his right. goodness, of his boldness, of his grandioseness, right? Mm -hmm. Because that was our encounter. That was our experience. And I always wonder, because I see people in so many different seasons of life, is like, does it have to be this broken state that he mm -hmm. finds us in? Like, I so desperately want for my own kids, obviously, prayerfully as a mama, like, can't I steward them well enough that their Absolutely encounter doesn't have to be in a place of shame, in a place of guilt, but in this place of knowing that they know that they know, mm -hmm. right? Oh, but also knowing that everyone has to experience him on their own and, and you know, there will be that encounter one day for them. Right. And you know what I find to be so amazing is I did a post about this. I don't remember probably a couple months ago, but it was something that the Lord had put in my heart when I was in prayer. And basically I, I like to, you know, in prayer, I like to talk with God and he'll put things on my heart. I don't hear him audibly, you know, and, and that, like that dream, whatever that whole situation, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, but I don't, it's not like that. Yeah. It's more of that thought mm -hmm. and you know, it's not you. And so anyways, he had laid upon my heart. Um, you don't have to have a radical testimony. Mm -hmm to be saved. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a radical testimony to be Christian. And what is that? And what that means is, you know, I have people in my life who I know that they didn't go to jail. Yeah. They weren't addicted to drugs. They didn't sleep around. They weren't partying this party or in high school and whatnot. They faithfully served the Lord because they were brought up in the Lord and they stayed true to it. Yeah. And that's a testimony all in and, of, in and of itself, For real. Like my sister, she's 30 years old. She, you know, we grew up in the same house. We went through different situations, but my sister faithfully followed the Lord her entire life. She wow. got married at 18 years old, you know, had her two children. I was still trying to get my life together. Like you look at our lives and it's two separate things. And I've asked her, you know, now looking back and she says, you know, Amy, I prayed for you so much. And I used to have a a, a resistance to her. Sure. I almost had this hatred towards mm -hmm. her because deep down inside, I can admit, I did not understand what she had. I didn't get it. We went mm -hmm. to the same church. We're learning the same stuff. How come <laughs> you seem so infatuated with God yeah. and so in love with God? And me, I can barely even read one word in the Bible without getting bored to death. Yeah. Like, <laughs> mad about it. Like, <laughs> what's the secret? And then yeah. that's when I started looking at her in a way of, you know, you just think you're better than everybody yeah. and you know, you're just not outgoing like me. So that's why you don't want to, you know, you don't have friends, guys. Oh gosh, I was so nasty. But, um, you know, looking back, she has such a great testimony because think about that. Yeah. You could go through elementary school, middle school, high school, get out of high school, find your husband, have two children. You went through all these life changes and you never walked away from the Lord. Now, of course, you're going to fall here and there with certain yeah, things, yeah. but she didn't find herself in a jail cell crying out to God. You know what I'm saying? Right, so it's like, right. it's possible. Yeah. My husband, his family, very, very, very strong Christians. And every single one, there's a family of six. Mm -hmm. Every single child is serving the Lord in some type of capacity. There was no major blowouts. There was no, you know, they had their own sin issues yeah, yeah, yeah. in their, you know, my husband went through some things when I first met him and he's a Christian artist and he got thrusted into the Christian world. Mm -hmm. And he's a small town boy from PA, Pennsylvania. 
and you go into this music world where all these girls, it's like a little Christian Hollywood. Yeah, oh my God. It's just, it's crazy. So anyways, they had their issues and stuff like yeah. that. But, yeah. you know, looking back, they raised them in the Lord and they found the way that they should go and they stuck to it. So yeah. it is possible to be able to serve God, have a great testimony and to know him even early on and not have to go through the garbage in life that we had to go through. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's my hope. Right. That's the, that's absolutely. The I, but I'm also so like amazed and it, it makes me like more passionate about the word, more passionate about pursuing him. And yeah. you mentioned like the Bible being like dry or like, Oh, I'm so bored with it. Right. And the weird thing was, is when I was in high school, I was trying to live like this, in tandem life of this is the place I wanted to be. This is the place I knew like I found right. peace and joy, but I was with all the guys. Right. And like not paying attention and like lying behind closed doors and just like not being the person that I was being called out. And always the secret, the dark place was where I was doing the thing I wasn't supposed to, because we don't do the things that are bad in the light. Right. right. And so there's the recognition of him, Jesus, God being the light mm -hmm. of all time and Absolutely. the enemy being present in the dark all the time, just like the dark that was within that person that you were with, who was trying to pull you into that space because that right. was his comfort zone being led by the enemy. But it's like all of those times, even still, even pressing in, even if I was doing so in boredom or doing so in um, trying to keep face or save face for this specific in crowd, mm -hmm. it, 15 years later, I will be driving just a couple of weeks ago. This happened to me. I'll be driving and a song came on mm -hmm. that I had not heard since I would recite them and know them, you know, when a song's deposited, even all those horrible ones that we used to listen to in the club, right? right? You know, every word, right? You can move to every like apple bottom jeans. Right? Oh, I can still recite half of them. <laughs> every single thing. Uh, so this song comes on and yeah. I was like, gosh, I know this, but I don't know this. Right. The kids are with me and I turned up the song and they're like, we don't know this one, mommy. I'm like, me neither. And all of a sudden the words. I just start singing these words and I just start bawling because mm -hmm. I'm realizing that this has been in my spirit this entire time. Yeah. Even in the time that I was in the dark and those words never came to mind, right. they're present within you. And so it's my prayerful like experience for as a mother, but also as a friend, as people, as your sister who was praying over you when you too were in the dark. It's mm -hmm. like, I know that this penetrates the dark. Yeah. And it is there and it is present and it is prominent, even if we don't see it or feel it or know it at that right. time. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, you know, words are so powerful. And I, I love that you brought that up because 
I was just having a conversation with somebody about this the other day. I've worked in, not right now, I'm doing yeah. freelance stuff and my own stuff now, but I worked in the Christian music world for a while. Yeah. And my husband's been on the artist side of it. I did more on the logistics side. And, um, you know, I was thinking about lyrics and words and I don't personally, I'm not condemning anybody in this. This is just me. I don't listen to secular music merely because music for me is very powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just have a deeper connection to music than others. Totally. I don't know what it is. Totally. But when I go back and I look back on my life, I related to music to be able to help me understand and process my feelings and what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And I used to listen to some dark, mm-hmm. dark music. I'm talking yeah, rap and all that. But I mean, like, that was when, like, the, um, you know, 2000, early 2000s, when that, like, I don't even want to name some of the bands because I don't want anybody to listen to yeah. it. I'm going to look them up. But, like, just some really dark uh, yeah. alternative type singers yeah. just singing on depression. My life's nothing and whatever. Well, as we get older and, you know, we came to know the Lord and now we serve the Lord, we know that words are powerful. And, you know, it says in the Bible that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm-hmm. And that struck me the other day because I had saw a commercial and one of the really popular artists yeah. um, during this time right now came on the screen and I just shook my head and not in a condemning way, but just thought your words are so dark mm-hmm. and your words are leading people to such destruction. And it just got me thinking, well, if it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then what's happening to the hearts and the souls and the minds of those who are listening to secular music right now, if faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, then what's coming through that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, oh my gosh, absolutely. I have had a crazy transformation from secular music to the point where it's pretty extreme. And the only time that I will listen to it is if I'm in the gym right? because it's on and I don't really have right. control over it. And I am telling you, girls, sometimes I am like, Jesus, Jesus, yep. Jesus, legit like saying it over and over as I'm sweating and working out because I love this gym so much. And a lot of my listeners know what gym it is, but, mm-hmm. and it's not always like that. It's just whomever is, you know, whatever playlist is on, but it's right. realizing that those things too, as we are listening to them on repeat, because it's the tops, you know, top of the chart yeah. is being deposited in your soul. And what happened for me, even something as like, lighthearted so you say as christian or as country music which was mm-hmm. what i really love to listen to you're in right. nashville so i know all about oh, it is it's like really dark and it yeah. and it's i say that because it's lighthearted and maybe they're talking about being on a pontoon boat right but if you listen to the words like none of it is is seeped in joy none of it is seeped in truth it's actually not good for the American woman. It's not good for the woman as a whole. It's not right. good for the marriage. It's not good for your children, your mother, like all of the things. And it's really sad that this is the word that's penetrating the homes and households, but it's also more of a calling for us as disciples and for us as Christian women to like advocate for the fact that there is goodness and there is freedom in the word of God. And so the thing that felt dry and boring to us is now the thing that we're like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta hear this. You gotta check this out. And my pastor was actually just joking this past Sunday about how, you know, the, the different generations and the different genres of Christian music where like there was all of like, you would literally would sing uh, scripture 
back in the yeah. day. And now he's joking that like all of the top things that we listen to, Maverick City, Bethel, all those things. And he's like, they say the same exact words over and over <laughs> and over and over and over and over and over. And so he was saying that there's a necessary blend in the church yeah. for us to know that this re- repetition is what mm-hmm. breaks through the repetition that's happening in our society right mm-hmm. now. And this like hierarchical, like it feels dry is actually exactly what we need to penetrate our soul. Right. It's so interesting. And music, it shifts and shapes culture. And Mm -hmm. the music industry knows that, by the way. Like Mm -hmm. I've worked with, I've worked with some big people in and out of Christian music because a lot of the labels are owned by secular labels, whether anybody knows that or not. And, um, I've been in rooms with people whom were not serving the Lord at all, you know, and I've seen strategies and marketing plans. I've been on that whole side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that other side of it where it's just like, I come and bring to the table, the Holy spirit. And I'm like, let's be spirit led. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it was almost like foreign to people sometimes when they like, really? Oh yeah. I don't, we don't really do it like that here. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What are we doing? And you know, people could say, I've been ripped to shreds by people in this area where they're just like, you just need to relax. It's not that big of a deal. Secular music isn't that bad. You're way over the top, Amy. You're too religious and whatnot. Yep. But hear me out. For me, if I hear a song, it will get in my head. Mm -hmm. And we are supposed to be what? Think first, seek first, reach first. I'm I'm actually adding the think and the reach. But seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. That's my mandate. And when I gave him my yes, I gave him my yes. And I said no to everything else. So for me, what that looks like is getting the music out, done. We have, um, my husband and I have Spotify. And sometimes when he's at work, he'll listen to a secular song here and there. And I'll show up on my Spotify and I'm like, what was this? <laughs> no. I was like, if somebody looks up my my um what do you call it the yeah, little the, playlist or whatever playlist so yeah. like, you hypocrite like, what's wrong with you i was like don't you listen to that like, you make your own account i'm not i don't want to be part of it he doesn't anymore he's like you're right i don't know why i haven't listened to that but yeah you know it's you don't you can't get religious with it in that aspect yeah. if you're in a gym and it's playing you don't just storm out and leave right, right, like right. you gotta have balance in it right. but what i am saying is whether it's in the music realm or it's in the company you keep, or it's in the TV shows that you watch. Ouch. I know. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, that one stings. I get it. Yeah. Um, but you have to, you have to draw a line and you have to be able to say no to things. Even when the world and dare I say other Christians are saying yes to it, when yeah. it's the personal conviction and the Holy spirit's tapping on your shoulder. And he's like, I know it doesn't seem all that bad, but for you, it's not the best. And do you right. want the best or do you want mediocre? And that's something I had to differentiate and really learn through discernment yeah. was understanding, you know, like Mary and Martha. Yeah. Martha wasn't wrong for serving and getting everything ready, but her heart and attitude was wrong in it. And she was becoming angry at Mary for sitting and leaning and listening to Jesus. Yeah. Now, you know, Jesus mentions and kind of calls her out and says, Martha, you're anxious and worried about many things. Ouch, because that would be me. I would yeah, be, totally. I have been I have been Mary in life and I have been Martha, right? 
And yeah. when Martha, she doesn't even go to Mary and gets upset with her. She goes straight to Jesus and basically yep. tells on her. And she's like, she's not doing anything. <laughs> she's not doing anything. Don't you care? Tell her to get up and help me. Yes. And instead he lovingly calls her out. And the reason why I bring that up is because if you are doing this Christianity thing right, and you are allowing the Holy Spirit to do exactly what he has been um, given the power to do, you will be called out on some things, whether it's by a friend, whether it's by somebody in leadership, or whether it's by the Holy Spirit just tapping you on the shoulder. And I'm honestly, I don't know about you, but I am thankful for yes, this. Yes, because yes. even to this day, being married, yeah. I've been married for three years. Yeah. When I got saved, I waited about five years, I think. You know, yeah. I felt like it was an eternity and everybody yeah. getting married but me. Sure. I was like, the Lord called me to be a single woman. I'm going to have to just do this for the rest of my life. Oh my but, God, um, I'm a nun. And I prayed for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I prayed for oh, it. Yeah. Please, now that I'm married, there's been times when the Holy Spirit's like, hey, Maybe you wanted this if thing. you keep thinking that, it's going to come out of your mouth. And that's going to cause a fight and that's sin. So we need, we need to get rid of that. And boy, yeah. do I have a sharp tongue. So that gets yeah. me in trouble sometimes. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing for us to know is that, like, that maturity process that you mentioned before is, is a process of conviction and it yeah. conviction similar to that concept of fear feels uncomfortable and it feels unknowing and it feels, I don't want to face that. And so yeah. we often will go the opposite way, but that opposite way is like a gray scale and there Very is true. light and there is dark and gray is, is like the lukewarm church that Francis Chan is talking about. Like yes. why be lukewarm when you can be hot, which it's winter here. And I'm like, give me the hot cup of chocolate, right? right. Or cold if it's the opposite, whatever that be. But ultimately he's calling us to be on fire for the Lord and I have said this so many times on my podcast because it's so true that my time spent with whomever is on the show is always a, a testament to a personal conviction. Like there's always something that like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way or I never felt called to that thing. And a couple of years ago, I felt by the person talking that I was like, I, I need to stop drinking. Like mm -hmm. this isn't something that I can do. And right. so I, I've been like 20 something months in or something and, and not been drinking. And I have plenty of friends that drink. I celebrated my birthday with my best friends and every single person at the, at the table got a drink knowing that I don't drink right. and all completely women of God. And they don't judge me and I don't judge them. And it just is because it was my personal conviction. Right. And to know in that process of maturity, everybody's seasons look different. Everybody's convictions look different. So to call somebody quote unquote religious, and I've actually feared that in this, uh, my own show is to be like, gosh, I sound really stuffy right now, but it's not that it's just, I used to party. And drinking used to be a crutch to suppress emotion. And that's mm -hmm. not everybody's storyline. They just have a glass of wine every once in a while. Right. And so be it for them. But just like the music is for us, it's the same thing for me for alcohol or for um, rom-coms, if you will, or for some thriller movies. Like I just cannot because it is not safe for me. Right. And if God tells me to armor up, and then I do the exact opposite by choosing something that is penetrating some part of my showing armor. Mm -hmm. What's the point of that? Like I'm just hurting yeah. myself. It's like an open door. Yes. Exactly. You have to be so careful not to give the enemy a foot, the foothold in it yeah. because he roams around, like it says in the word, like a lion yep. looking for those whom he may devour. Yeah. But what's interesting about that is it says he's roaming around like a lion. 
Yeah. He's and he's not, not a lion, right? No, and that's he's not. A lion it's only one lion. That's the lion yes. of the tribe of Judah. That's Jesus. Yes. So he's yes. not a lion. So he's right. a he's a fake and a fraud, which I find that to be very funny in the sense that he yep. tries to be somebody he's not. And then yeah. in return, he tries to entice us to be somebody that we're not. Yeah. And, you know, I used to have a fear, kind of like what you mentioned, um, of being ripped to shreds or being called religious or whatnot. And because God, the lane that God has called me to, um, it's not a popular lane. And I don't say that as a hey, pat me on the back. It, yeah. it is actually very painful. Yeah. The lane that God's called me to is to, um, like Ephesians 5.11, expose the unfruitful works of darkness. And I love that scripture because yeah. it says to, um, you know, not to partake, mm-hmm. not to encourage, but instead to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. And that bold lane that God has called me to, and it, and it happened over time because yeah. it wasn't just right away. Um, it happened over time. He led me to different preachers and pastors that what's funny is all the preachers and pastors that I listen to besides the one, you know, the church we go to, yeah, they've all gone on to be with the Lord. They're all very old time revival preaching, like straight to the point. Let's call it what it is, you know, keeping the word of God on the forefront and as the standard, because I believe in this generation too, at least for a lot of the people that I meet, knowing the Bible, knowing scripture, understanding scripture, applying it to life. The reason why we're so deceived and falling into deception, especially in the culture, and I wouldn't go on to that. That's a whole other topic. But just the reason why we are where we are today is because of the lack of scripture being taught, not only in the church, but in the small groups we're choosing to be a part of, the pastors we choose to listen to on YouTube or the people we follow. I did a mass exodus on Mm -hmm. my Instagram where I got rid of, you know, I followed the popular preachers just to follow because that's yeah. what you do. You know, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. name names, of course but that's just what you do. You're a Christian. Yeah. So you got to follow X, Y, Z because that, they're like everyone. Yeah. The top yeah. dogs. Right. Yeah. 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 And then I started listening to their messages and started mm-hmm. hearing their theology and understanding um, what they were teaching. And I thought, and I'm not saying that this is wrong in this sense, but I'm not, I don't need a Ted talk. Yeah. If I want a Ted talk, I'll go find Ted talk and I'll right. listen to who he has on his show. That's right. what I want to hear. But when I go to somebody who's a Christian, I want to hear the word of God. I want to understand yeah. how to defend my faith. I want to understand how to be able to distinguish between between grace and law. And I want to be able to understand the way of the cross. And when it says to pick up your cross daily and follow him, what does that mean? And how do I live that out every single day? And also too, Ephesians 6, going through the full armor of God, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Like it says, I believe it was in Corinthians, but going back to Ephesians when it talks about we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and these rulers in the high places. That sounds like a movie. Yes. What are we talking about here? Like, what does that I mean? Wanna, yeah. Right? Like, I yeah. want to know. So yeah. when I realized that these popular preachers and whatnot, I'm not saying everybody, but just, yeah. you know, through the course of my life and what I followed, I thought, nope, that person's got to go. That's got to go. That's got to go. I, I pray for them on their way. But, like, yeah. I need somebody to explain the word to me. I, I want to understand the Hebrew and the Greek. Mm-hmm. So I started to literally dive in by myself for those years that I first got saved and yeah. then threw on out. Um, the Lord, I knew called me to do ministry and I thought you've got the wrong girl. Like if anybody finds out my past, they're going to just completely write me off. Yeah. God's like, no, that's the fun part because I take those who the world has disposed of the foolish things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I confound the wise with those kind of people. Yeah. The ones that everybody says, not her. She, she never went to theology school. She doesn't know this. She doesn't know that she doesn't have a doctorate behind her name and this yep. and that. And I'm not, 
bashing anybody who does, but I'm saying me didn't even finish high school, guys. That's who's that's who's talking to me right now. So good. Like, that doesn't matter because right. that's not the qualifications. The world's qualifications yeah. are not what I'm saying is what I need in yeah. you. So um my whole lane is to be bold and to call things as they are. And you know what? It's a scary lane to be in. You will be ripped to shreds. You will have people tell you that you're hateful. You'll be misunderstood. I always tell people forfeit the want and desire to be understood. Oh. And what I mean by that is being misunderstood for me is very fearful because I didn't want to lead somebody away from Jesus. Right. That was my biggest fear. Yeah. I don't want to be a bad testimony. Yeah. But then God gave me this analogy. And I'm going to, you know, for the sake of time, give it to you like this. Yes. He said, if somebody, if you were to look out your, your window right now, Amy, and you saw somebody, one of the kids across the street standing in the middle of the busy road, mm-hmm. what would you do? Would you go to me and pray and say, Lord, please tell him to move. That's really dangerous. Or would you book your bottom all the way down to the bottom of those stairs, run out your front door. And then would you yell to him from your yard, your, your, your um, you know, yard and say, please move. There's a car coming. No, the point is I would literally book downstairs, go out that front door, bolt across the street, rip that kid from the road, explain to him later why I'm being so aggressive in this and what, you know, take him away and to safety. Yeah. And God said, that is how you need to always view eternity. You need to stop coming to me and pray, you know, intercede for people. Yes. Sure, but sure. You are the hands and feet. Mm-hmm. You go out. And you'd be loud about it. You'd be bold about it, but you do it in love. You know, saving somebody and ripping that boy from the street so he doesn't get hit by the car coming doesn't seem very loving in stature because mm-hmm. I'm very abrasive. I'm you know, manhandling him in a way. I'm pulling him away. It, it seems very violent in a way. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, it's amazing because Jesus didn't do everything so fluffy duffy all the time either. Mm-hmm. It, we're talking about hell. Turn the tables away in that very right. perfect temple that you're talking about the beginning yes. of the dream. So all that to say, um, eternity is always on the forefront of my mind and I actually have it. I'll show you really quick. This, um, I keep this on my desk. Yes, girl. Eternity. I keep this on my desk. Every time I'm working, every time I'm doing podcasts, anytime I'm doing my Bible studies that I do, um, I look at that. Every time I walk upstairs, I see that it's just a little $1 little thing. And I printed it out at, I think, Walgreens or whatever. (laughs) But it it is a remembrance and a encouragement to keep the main thing the main thing. And that eternity is always on the forefront. We could literally go home to be with the Lord tomorrow. Anybody you meet at the gas station, at the grocery store, they can go home and be with the Lord that night, tomorrow. What could you do to change the course of their path, even just a little bit, even just a little bit? And when I started seeing things that way, I remembered how far I've come from or how far you've come from, or those who are watching, how far you've come from. What if you meet somebody who's right there and you, God is utilizing your hands and your feet. You were saved for just right now, such a time as this. To be able to give them a word of encouragement or to be able to tell them the truth of the gospel or to be able to tell them about Jesus. Like, that's my life. Yeah. I do streams of money. I make money here and there and do little side things and whatever. But my 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 goal, my focal point, my why, my yes, my everything is to tell others about Jesus because that's all that matters. That's it. That's it. That is so true. And that's like my heart, even in the comparison of like what I do on a consistent basis of coaching is 
God didn't not create a lot of things that are happening in the secular world. Mm-hmm. He didn't cre- like he created music with pure intention. He created the ability to have movie screens and all these big things, even entrepreneurship. And yet he says something about every single one of these things in the Bible, which gets us back to that understanding of the word and that the word is true and that the word is live and active right now. Mm -hmm. And it's our job to show up to help other people who have been skewed or manipulated or given that gray scale the whole yeah. their whole life and show them what it's like to be right. living in the light and show them what he says not what we say but right. what he says about yes. each of those things and yes. so i believe the same is true for what everyone thinks is horrible of um social media and all like i believe god exists in those spaces because he's the creator of all things mm-hmm. He has this hand at play in all things. And, and now use it all. Time, absolutely. And right. he will. And this is the thing when we look back, you and I on our testimonies, we're like, wow, I see how that horrible area of my life that felt so shameful, yes. so wrong now is at positive play on his behalf. Yes. And there's no one like you. There's no storyline like you. And the fact that you have had all of those experiences exactly the way he intends for it to be. And the fact that you put eternity in the forefront is a conviction for me. Right. Like I told you, this is my area. It's mm-hmm. just like constantly knowing that every given moment, every word spoken, it could be and should be a reflection of him. Mm-hmm. And so you have your path, his plan. I love that. I love the areas that you operate in. How can people be in touch with you more often? And I want one thing too from you before you leave. Who is a, a live for now pastor or preacher that we could be listening to? Sure. All right. So um, let me answer that one first. Yes. So I don't forget that one. Um, the people who I listen to right now who are still alive yes. and, um, you know, moving and ruling and reigning on earth is um, his name is Pastor Jack Hibbs, H-I-B-B-S. Okay. He's out of California. Uh-huh. And I really enjoy listening to him. He is somebody who really stays true to the word of God mm-hmm. and is very strong. Um, the pastor also, too, that we sit under my husband and I at Grace Chapel in Leapers Fork, Tennessee. His name is Pastor Steve Berger, and he's wonderful as well. I actually chose, my husband and I chose to go to that church because he is so, um, his theology is correct, obviously, and he stays in the word and he's strong in the word and he teaches the word, but he also is not afraid to speak on what's going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. calls things for what they are. And he tells mm-hmm. you, hey, you see this, you see the political figures doing this, this, and this. It aligns here, it doesn't align here, it aligns here, it doesn't yeah. align there. And I need okay. that and I love that because it is um, crucial, yeah. very crucial for Absolutely. a world filled with opinions we still need to be anchored and rooted in the truth. So um, those two people, I'm trying to think of anybody else that I listen to that would be, um, I'm probably going to think of somebody after this. Yeah, no, there is, I love it. We'll you know, there is somebody who just passed away, but I highly recommend his teachings. If you're really looking to understand the Bible and mm-hmm. understand it more, mm-hmm. I mean, he he opens it up in a way that is phenomenal. His name is Chuck Missler, okay. Dr. Chuck Missler. Okay. He's an old man. He just passed away a couple years ago. It could seem a little dry maybe, but oh, I, I give all, you know, all the glory and honor to God, but I thank God for Chuck Missler every day because I've learned everything I know today because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, other than that, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram more than anything. I do live stream Bible studies every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time since I am in Tennessee. I do those live streams on Facebook as well, but I am 100% more active, I'd say, on more Instagram. I'm in the process of updating my website, so that will be within the next month or two, um, transformed and revamped entirely. And I do have all the live stream videos that I do on uh, YouTube as well. And everything's just under my name, Amy Clutinati. Clutinati. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's except for on email, <laughs> which is how this started. <laughs> I'm going to figure I that literally out. literally was like going to call Google and be like, what? I'm like, I have it sent here. You guys, it <laughs> yeah. was such a pleasure, Amy. I loved learning from you today. I feel like more than anything, I just like, okay, keep going, keep sharing, keep teaching. It was so um, fun. I just pray that whoever was here listening, whoever listens in the future, just knows that wherever you are, he's there to just like shrug his shoulders, but more importantly, to just embrace you Yes, in that return, in that experience of, as my friend's ministry is called from prodigal to princess. Oh, I love that. So I appreciate your time and love you so much. And I just pray continued blessing and stewardship in all that you do. Thank you. You as well. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Chat soon. Bye-bye. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.